okay here we go again <laughs> hi guys welcome back to the never fully understood podcast i am Patty magarba your host this is season one episode two i am so 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 excited about this episode and i cannot wait for you all to listen so you and i had an amazing conversation and there's so much to learn from this episode so before we dive into this episode i just want to say a very big thank you for all the support i've been getting from you guys i cannot even begin to um explain how happy it makes me when i see you guys commenting on instagram and engaging in my posts and also when i see that my views have increased it makes me so so happy so i just want to say a very big thank you to you guys and i also want to give a shout out to someone before we get into the episode i want to give a shout out to fatima shalanke hi fatima i hope you're doing fine thank you so so much i see all the kind comments that you drop on our posts and I just want to say thank you to you especially since you're part of the people that encouraged me to start this podcast thank you so so much so you guys just um stay glued and i hope you guys enjoy this episode and inshallah from now on i'd be giving out shout outs to people that are constantly you know supporting this podcast thank you so so much and let's get into today's episode hi hey how are you doing today i'm good thank you how are you i'm fine i'm so happy to have you here alhamdulillah oh i'm so happy to be here <laughs> like when you asked me i was honored <laughs> oh yeah 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 i'm so happy honestly because it's like ramadan and then you're taking out the time to come and film it's just it's just amazing thank you anytime <laughs> would you please um, introduce yourself tell us where you stay just tell us about yourself okay so my name is Zainab Zainab Hassan um, I'm a UK-based makeup artist and content creator um, and yeah like I make content about like makeup beauty lifestyle culture all that kind of thing and just post it online and document my journey so that's kind of what I do that's so so nice Zainab like I see what you do on Instagram and I'm always in awe like you would just make something so small look amazing <laughs> you know even during lockdown when we did the whole um makeup brush challenge oh and gosh, it was I like yeah and <laughs> yeah and the fact that it was like just something that was supposed to be very basic but you turned it into a whole you know area stuff it was really really nice oh no that was honestly whenever i look back at that video i'm just like oh they were actually good times <laughs> <laughs> i know right like i know it was the pandemic and everything but it was it was actually a good time we made the most of it <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so in today's episode um Zainab and I are going to just speak about Ariwa girls in diaspora I feel like you guys are not really giving a voice and people need to hear more about you guys your struggles you know from relationships to your career um to setting boundaries and also like the icing on the cake for today is just like identity crisis I feel like so many of us struggle with this but then Maybe it's a bit worse for you guys. Uh, a bit worse for you guys. I don't know. Maybe Zainab is going to tell us how he feels today. Zainab is going to tell us how we, how like how they handle that today. And I'm really, really looking forward to having this conversation with you, Zainab. Okay, I'm looking forward to it as well. We can get into it. <laughs> mm. 
Okay, yeah. So, um, I, I've been following you for a while now, but I really don't know this. And I'm sure, like, so many people that follow you wouldn't know this, even though we see pictures of you and Khadija, like your childhood pictures. But, like, were you born and raised in the UK? So, I was born and raised in the UK. Khadija wasn't, but I was. Um, my oh, okay. sister, um, my older sister, um, she was born in Nigeria as well. But I was the first one that was, like, born here. Oh, that's so, so nice. So, like, what was it like, you know, being, like, a Nigerian and being born in the UK? Would you say um, your parents raised you, like, in a Nigerian way or, like, were you raised as per UK babe? <laughs> and then also, I want to know, like, do you keep in touch with your Nigerian family just growing up and also now? Okay, so I think definitely, like, my parents raised, raised us all very Nigerian because... It's not like, I feel like they didn't kind of come here because they thought, oh, we want to be British or anything. It was just for like, you know, job opportunities, just to like, for their own personal reasons. Um, so I definitely say like inside the house, parent, the parental like influences was 100% Nigerian. When I was speaking, when I was learning to speak English, like in school, I would say like random words in a house and I wouldn't know that that wasn't like English. <laughs> Because I just, <laughs> because, you know, like, because my parents never, they were never really trying to, like, differentiate it. They were just like, Agida, Agida, is Gida, do you know what I mean? Um, and then, but obviously you can't, you can't, like, deny that the outside influences do obviously have an impact on you growing up. But in terms of in the house, I will definitely say, like, 100% Nigerian upbringing. My parents don't play with any of that. <laughs> okay 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 so um what about your family in nigeria like how was it like do you were you guys keeping in touch with your nigerian side of the family and your friends or has it just been you know uk 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 so yeah family so we'll talk about family first and then friends after so with family like as all my memories as far as, as far back as I can remember like we've always been very close with our family so like even I remember when we were like really young and there was not like whatsapp call there wasn't all these like video calling facilities and stuff I would I specifically remember like maybe like once a week we'd all gather around the call and like the film would go around every single family member <laughs> so like we've always like I always I put this like this is definitely because of my parents I'm not even going to take credit but they always made sure that like we were we stayed very very close with our family because especially like when you live in a country like outside of where you're actually from if you like forget about your roots forget about home like you're gonna end up so lost and I feel like my parents definitely instilled that in us so they were very much like always very like active and like keep us in touch with our family with our friend with our family um and then obviously we go to we used to so back back like when we were all in school for example every summer holiday every year we would go for like six weeks obviously when you go for that amount of time like you know you go like you really stay there you get to know what it's like and stuff and when we were younger like at first you know when you're like a child and you're younger you're like oh this is so different oh my god <laughs> but then after a while as we get older like loved it like I literally used to look forward to summers because it was when we would go back home and just spend like six weeks with family but then because we didn't really like know anyone outside of family I will say I only really started making friends in Nigeria like as I was like an adult <laughs> so that was like a different kind of journey I guess because family or like family they know you through and through whereas like with f people that like don't know you don't really know your upbringing or like how you are they might hear that oh you were raised in the UK and then they might have like an assumption and then 
you know, sometimes that doesn't really lead to like <laughs> the best situations. But I have like a really great group of like friends and obviously you're one of them. So I'm really grateful for the friends that I now have in Nigeria. Oh, alhamdulillah. I'm so happy to hear that. Like I love the fact that your parents made sure you kept in touch with your family back in Nigeria. I feel like it's really, really important. Like family is family, regardless of where you are and what you said about you getting lost if you're not keeping in touch with your roots is so true i feel like even in nigeria if we are maybe like for me i stay in abuja and my family they are mostly like really really close to my mom's side of the family and i can remember growing up like every christmas we would always go to adamawa and it i really would look forward to it it was such an amazing experience and you know it gives you this like bond with your cousins that even like after you guys grow up, like it's just always going to <laughs> exactly like it's just always going to be there. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so it's 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 just it's just so beautiful. Um, I want to ask, like, can you please um tell you know you're a makeup artist, like you said earlier on, like, and all of us that know you know that about you. Um, you're like a full time digital creator. So, like, you have Nigerian parents, and like you said, you guys went to the UK to, you know, greener pasture, job opportunities and everything. Your parents put you through school, and then all of a sudden, you just wake up one morning and say, oh, no, I'm not going to be a doctor, I'm not going to be a lawyer, I want to be a makeup artist and a digital creator. Like, how do they feel about that? Like, how do they feel about that decision? I mean... (laughs) Like it's I don't I don't know even here in Nigeria it's such a big deal for me to just say oh I'm not going to like work I just want to be a YouTuber and you know but yeah okay so like times have changed you know but then I feel like Nigerians still have that that thing that they just want you to have a job so like how did your parents feel about the decision like how do they feel about it and how did they finally like allow you to do what you want to do um okay so like for me personally out of out of my siblings I was always the one that was like the more like creative type I was never like I never really grew up being like oh I want to do this one thing I want to be a doctor I want to be a lawyer so I think already just from childhood they already knew that I was going to be a different case (laughs) but then also like it wasn't really like a straight away thing so when I went to uni like I just I decided okay I know that like going to uni will like my parents would like really appreciate that so I was like no like I'm gonna do that so I went to university, did my undergrad, and it was whilst I was doing my undergrad that I guess I was like trying to figure out like, hey, what am I actually gonna do with my life? Because I have to do something, right? Like I can't just <laughs> can't just be coasting from here to there. And then that's when I kind of started to fall in love with makeup, like just makeup art and like being really creative and stuff. I didn't know what I wanted to do with it. I just knew that like I've never had this like love for like just wanting to like get really better at something and like bettering myself. And like I guess you could say like it was like at the time it was like a passion. So like I started doing that and then one thing with parents is like they can be quite strict and they're stuck in their ways but also like they know the difference. I, I, I feel they know the difference between like okay this is something that, that like you're really passionate about and if I like nurture it it will grow whereas like this is just current Bernie or this is just time wasting. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so I feel like my parents really realised like oh my god like she's so serious about this. Like I was like put um, out of my own money like I was going and like trying to like learn things here and there and like I even got like a part-time job to help pay for these things so her parents were like okay she's actually very serious about this and the way that my dad is so my dad is a doctor so you can imagine like I could have potentially had that pressure of be a doctor be a doctor but thank goodness like <laughs> I'm delighted I didn't have that but at the same time like obviously like as someone who is like my dad is very has like done amazing in life academically and stuff 
he obviously wants to see me like kind of do well as well. So one thing about my dad is that he's like, okay, fine. If you want to do this avenue, like I can't, I don't understand it, but I can, obviously he can see that like people do succeed in it. Like I was showing him examples. I was showing him all the like big YouTubers, all the big makeup artists. Like I was doing a like PowerPoint presentation <laughs> just to like explain like what I wanted to do. And my dad's take on it was more just like, okay, fine. If you're going to do this, then like do it properly, like be the best at it. And that's the main thing with my dad. Like that's the Nigerianness in him. That's how it comes out. He's like, you can do this avenue that I don't quite understand, but don't do it like half half. Like if you're gonna do it, literally like do it properly. And I really appreciate him for that because I think some people might think like, okay, I don't understand it. So I'm not even gonna support at all. Whereas I can, I can honestly say my dad fully doesn't fully understand <laughs> like how this is a job. Because obviously when my, when our parents were growing up, the content creator was not an occupation. Whereas like now it is, and my dad is seeing like the results and he's just like, okay, just keep going. Like he'll randomly message me one time and he'll be like, oh, I saw your followers hit so-and-so, which I find so sweet because it's like, I know he doesn't even really get it, but <laughs> at least he's supportive about it. So yeah, I think that's like the balance. It's like, just be good at it. Whatever you do, just be really good at it. <laughs> yeah, alhamdulillah. That's so beautiful. Yeah, like, I feel like um, Ariwa parents are somewhat evolving now because even my dad, he's so supportive. Like, he he could see someone, like, in his office and he knows this person's around my age. And he'd be like, my daughter is on Instagram. Like, you should follow her. You should check her YouTube channel also you know and it's just so sweet or or you send someone like i i can remember when i was in uni and i just started my scarf business and people would message me i'm like hi your dad told me about you and i want so and so scarf <laughs> and it's just it's just like like you said i know he doesn't understand it but the fact that he's just being super supportive it just means a lot i know they don't even know that we you know we appreciate these little gestures <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But it it goes a long way. <laughs> yeah, so so but how do you stay true to yourself, you know, with the whole content creation stuff and you know, there's so much pressure on social media and then like has like what you do, has it um benefited you, you know, like what are the benefits and then have you had limitations because of like our culture? Okay, so just culturally, cultural limitations. Um I wouldn't say necessarily limitations beyond what I personally would, would not want to do myself, but I'd say like, I know the certain type of content will like have a certain reaction if it's about a certain thing, for example. So something as simple as like, if I do a video voiceover in house, so like, I know, <laughs> I would know that one's gonna just blow because you know, like, oh, my accent, whatever, you know? Um, or like, if I do a video that is like, you know, maybe insensitive culturally, like, which I wouldn't do, but I know, I, I think I know the kind of things that would kind of get certain reactions, but personally, like, I'm not really like, I'm not one of those like creators that is looking for like clickbait or like, you know, reactions, like, you know, I don't know if I'm explaining it very well, but like, <laughs> like, I just, I stay true to myself, I guess, by like making my content reflect to me as close as possible. So like, I tend to just create content about like what is happening around me and like just real life and stuff. So it's more relatable rather than just like shock value or something. Okay. Okay. I understand. I understand. So like I have been dying to ask you this because I recently, not recently, but like early this year, I went for, um, for Chai with Solar Ravel and then 
they were ladies there i think most of them didn't grow up in nigeria because of like from how they speak you can know and they were just speaking about how there's just this thing about how um northerners just like to make them feel like they are not northern enough you know maybe because of how they speak and also the fact that they didn't grow up in nigeria and i want to know like do you also struggle with is this like something that almost every ariwa person in diaspora um struggles with or you just you just want to just speak for yourself and maybe the people around you regarding like feeling northern enough that is something that maybe when i when i was much 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 younger i probably like not probably i definitely did kind of i wouldn't say i struggled with it but i think it was just like a question like i I guess i genuinely wondered myself because of how people sometimes make you feel and i think especially like children or like kids and stuff like can be extra insensitive so maybe like when when we were younger and we were in nigeria obviously you've heard my house if i tell my house is actually (laughs) my accent will never change i don't know like people think i'm making it up sometimes but it's genuinely just because like i never grew up in nigeria so like i learned how to speak in English basically um and obviously like kids will hear that and they'll be like mock your accent they'll laugh at you to the point where you will just be like I don't even want to talk anymore and like that's something that when I was younger like sometimes I would just be like yeah no like I'm not gonna talk anymore kind of thing but then as I got older I just feel like it doesn't honestly like doesn't really bother me anymore because first of all as a grown adult I feel like you should know these things you should understand that people are different just because someone has a different accent like Nigeria is not the only house speaking country even like to exist <laughs> to start off with um and then also like I just think that to even entertain the idea that somebody is northern enough or not northern enough kind of lends to the idea that there's a scale but it's actually very black and white either you are northern or you are not and I don't entertain anything further than that because I don't have time to stress myself <laughs> Like, I know that I'm Northern and that is it. Whether my accent it sounds one kind of way or another kind of way, I'm actually Northern. I have 100% Nupé blood in me, so it is what it is. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, that that makes so much sense. Like, I like just what you said, I feel like, like you're at a point in your life that it doesn't bother you anymore. But there are so many people that it bothers them because I like people would even make jokes about, oh my God, like you're not Northern enough. Like you would not even gets a northern person to marry you or oh my god like you're not wise enough you're not street wise nigerian street wise and everything and like i genuinely i genuinely think you're a very sweet person i know you're a very sweet person everybody that knows you knows you're a very sweet person like do you ever are you ever taking um, for granted because of that like and if you are how do you set up boundaries you know and also if you also have advice to people that get like mocked about their accent and everything like just you know say something that would make them feel better like you said it's really just black and white and it's something that almost everybody struggles with i for the longest time i'm not going to lie to you would not like identify as a like an ariwa girl because i was made to feel oh my god like imagine you just come for holidays and then people make you feel like shit do you understand then imagine me trust me that i live here oh my god like from secondary (laughs) like from from secondary school i some people will even pay attention to me because i didn't really speak hausa well like my hausa is not is not the best like i just really improved now 
but then before i'm not even going to lie to you like and it was it, for growing up it was like since i can't really speak hausa very well then i'm also like not muslim enough do you understand what i'm saying so it's yeah and it's like it's two different things but people just like they just took it like oh my god if you're not very very hausa then you're not very very muslim and you know like how you know like you said while well, we're just kids and they didn't understand it then so i really struggled like i just recently started identifying as a northern and like before i just be like no i'm not so northern you know i have to like start explaining but like now i'm like confident about it but before hmm, oh no i i would like 100 think i experienced that as well and the advice i'd give people is literally i said like don't even don't don't feed into the idea of the levels of northernness because it that isn't the case and any any adult that is literally like trying to make you feel lesser because of that i just feel like they're fa- they're fighting their own battles because <laughs> because it just honestly like looking now looking from an adult view like i just don't understand like why we should feel it's like you just said now like fa- let's talk factually as well so like someone not speaking perfect house how on earth, like what what correlation does that have with their religion like <laughs> it's very so like my genuine advice is to just like obviously it's it's not easy to do if you're in an environment constantly that constantly reminds you so like i'm not even trying to say like it's easy and i'm not also trying to say like me i came to this point overnight i honestly for the longest time was just so uncomfortable like it's only recently now cuz i speak hausa at home all the time like that's how i communicate with my family But at the same time, my family understand my Higi Hausa. Like they my dad is not going to laugh at me because I say something wrong. He understands what I'm saying and we'll keep it moving. It's only when you leave the house and you say that same thing and then oh my god somebody's like dying laughing at it and you're just like oh my god and then you in your head you think I don't ever want to say that again or and then you get really like conscious about it. But then I feel like now especially like if you just kind of get to that point where okay someone that's going to genuinely f- make you feel like that probably isn't like somebody you want to keep around, you know? And obviously like with my friends and stuff like we can joke about it but it's not to the point that I will feel like I don't even want to like identify as northern because if it cuz that is how you would feel in the past I think but I think now like you said like you're proudly Ariwa because you get to a point and you just feel like there's no level like <laughs> there's nothing to even like yeah I don't know if that makes sense but that's my advice <laughs> yeah thank you so much so um Are you ever taken for granted because of how sweet you are? How do you draw like set boundaries? Um, I guess yeah. I I guess so. I don't like to admit it, but <laughs> <I'd> say, <laughs> I would say so. But um, I think um, I think recently, like I I learned how to set boundaries, and I think it's more just about like being true to yourself. I think there's a thing that like I do, and a lot of people pleasers do, where you kind of always go along with the flow because you think oh it's so it's good to be like the easy breezy one the one that's like cool with everything that doesn't even get annoyed like you know <laughs> but in the long run you're only like kind of hurting yourself so like you have to set that boundary because if you keep kind of if you keep acting like everything is okay everything is all roses you genuinely will like lose yourself in that and like you won't even know like right from wrong because your only goal is to just you know make every make sure everything is sweet when i think if you're just true to yourself and be like no no this is my boundary this feels right this doesn't feel right it kind of filters out the people that don't respect that and you are like generally more at peace because i think what i what happens to me a lot what used to happen a lot is that something would happen in the moment i'd be smiling i would literally be smiling while somebody is maybe like take me for granted 
And then later on, I'm really thinking about it and I'm like getting so upset. But in that situation, I feel like I blame myself because I'm like, in that moment, I could have really set that boundary, but I didn't. And I think that's what I like really, really learned. And I'm not saying I have learned it and I'm, and I'm great at it now. I'm still not very good at it, but it's something that I'm conscious of and I try to be better at because I think it's just, you know, you just have to. Like you can't, life is not, no, you can't go through life thinking that no one's going to take you for granted because no matter how optimistic you are, there are opportunists in life and you have to protect yourself. 100%. I totally agree with you. Like no matter where you are, no matter how rigid or <laughs> sweet you are, people would take advantage of you once in a while. They will just try. Honestly. So we <laughs> just think, oh, what should I do today? Let me just try that person. <laughs> exactly they would always they would always try i was gonna say it's not even a thing to beat yourself up about it's just something to learn from and just you know make a change in the future yeah yeah 100 percent. so zainab tell us <laughs> what is it like dating nigerian men in nigeria and what's in the uk <laughs> like i just want to know you know it's it's i you know what all these um, Nigerians that go to the UK f- on Insta blog, they're always telling us, oh, there's no man in the UK. Oh my God, we are suffering. Okay, so you, that you've been <laughs> living there for a very long time, <laughs> tell us, please, how much have you been suffering <laughs> if these people <laughs> just came? <laughs> I can complaining. Speak. I can only speak on my own experience, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I would say, okay, so obviously there's a very obvious diff balance, like imbalance to if you're in Nigeria. So if you're in Nigeria and you, if you're a Nigerian, first of all, that wants to marry a Nigerian. Okay. That has, that's also a key point. If you want to marry another Nigerian, obviously if you're in Nigeria, you have more options. That's like, you know, there's a lot more options and you will feel like, okay, even if it doesn't work with that person, there's another one out there. Right. Whereas obviously here in the UK, like, when I was in school, like when I was in primary school, me and my brother were the only Nigerians in the whole school. So you can understand like there's not that many Nigerians. <laughs> Even now, obviously 2023, there's a lot more Nigerians around everywhere. But like, it's still nothing in comparison to if you're in a country where there were like other Nigerians. So there's definitely less people. But I also, my standpoint on it is that just because you have options doesn't mean your person is there. So like, just because obviously in Nigeria, there's loads of Nigerians. It's not every Nigerian you're going to marry. It's only one person you're going to marry, no? <laughs> so I always like try and like the kind of mindset that I've like built in myself is like, okay, everyone's story is different, right? And I don't believe that I have been forsaken, that I live in this country. And obviously it's like definitely harder, but I don't believe that like, oh, because I'm here, that's it. That's my sentence. I'm not going to find anybody. <laughs> but I just, obviously I think like it's, in terms of what you see every day, you're going to feel a little more hopeless because you don't see your speck <laughs> as often, you know? Um, but yeah, I don't think like if, if anybody just feel like, oh my God, like there's nobody, there's nobody. I don't feel like that mindset is, is a good mindset to kind of get stuck into because you will literally, you're going to go into like survival mode <laughs> and you shouldn't do that. Just have faith that like, you know, your person will find you, <laughs> inshallah. <laughs> okay so um like the fact that you were born and raised in the uk like has it ever affected your relationships your any of your relationship with like nigerian men like you know the difference one thing that i definitely just realized is that you have to just 
like accept the differences. So I used to have this mentality. I used to be like, I could be with someone that was like, had lived in Nigeria the whole life, never left Nigeria, anything. And I was like, yeah, it's fine. We're basically the same. We're the same. Like, you know, my parents are Ariwa, I'm Ariwa. Like, we're all the same. And as much as, yes, like, we're all Ariwa, there, there are just general differences in the way that, like, we've been brought up, right? Obviously, because being brought up in Nigerian in Nigeria and being brought up outside of Nigeria, you have different experiences and they shape you in different ways. So I think when I had that mentality of, like, oh yeah, we're like all the same, we're all the same. That's when you encounter issues. Whereas like, I know very like successful relationships where like one person has come from Nigeria, one person has come from the UK and they've worked and it's like great and they've got like a beautiful marriage. So it's definitely not something that is impossible, but I think it's because you have to accept that like there are going to be differences and like, I guess, embrace them. So I'd say in terms of like experiences with them, the only times that it's been a negative um situation is because i think rather than kind of appreciate the differences and be like okay so this is like this this is like this one person comes into it thinking like okay i want it exactly my way what i'm used to and then the other party comes into it and is like i want it exactly like this what i'm used to and it's just you're gonna just clash heads and it's not gonna work so (laughs) i'd say that's that's the times that might have gone wrong Yeah, yeah. So, like, do you ever get like the marriage pressure that we get in Nigeria? Are busy difference in the abroad because <laughs> you know sometimes you don't, even get, you don't even get pressure from your it's family. It just comes. It just comes via WhatsApp voice note instead. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Like family from Nigeria, literally. <laughs> oh my god! But I do, I do accept though. Like, I think it's probably. I'm sure it's probably worse if you're in Nigeria because like you can't escape it because people are around you. Whereas I can just not answer the phone or I can just not listen. My God, it's so crazy! Like the pressure it follows you. Is I I I was about to ask if you get pressure from like your family or maybe your friends in the UK, but for you to tell me you get voice notes, I'm dying. Honestly, oh like it's God. so funny. And do you know what? I was literally I was ranting to my friend about this like a couple of weeks ago. So um I don't know if you know, but um my brother and sister both got married like end of last year. And my brother's younger than yeah, me, by the way. Yeah, I saw. Right. So oh, okay. which was just yeah. like amazing. Obviously, all good vibes. I was still happy with them. Like I had two big weddings in like a couple of months. That was like the best like couple of months for me. And then as soon as the weddings finished, I realized like whenever anybody would like call me or message me or just check in it was like you know it'd be like oh how are you how's everything and then it just the next thing is um okay so Alec, how you and i'm thinking like okay do you know what i mean like it's all good like i'm gonna say i mean to you i do like that's a nice i do that to make but it's like you've never ever ever said this but now it's straight from gay swear to that and i just feel like wait so am i just like I, I was literally ranting to my friend and I was like, it's so strange how like the shift has literally been overnight. And it's like, if you're saying, like, is that not Adua, right? If someone is saying it to you constantly, 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 and you're getting it from everybody and that person knows you're getting it from everybody, it doesn't feel like a genuine prayer anymore. It feels like pressure. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, if you just keep, pray for me, when you're doing so, like, pray for me, please, right? But just saying it to me constantly over and over again, I don't think it's very productive. <laughs> it is pressure. Like, in Nigeria, most times, like, when maybe your younger sister is getting married, your younger brother is getting married, whenever people are, maybe people see a picture or they're talking to you, they'll be like, oh my God, she's such a strong woman. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> 
you'll be like, oh my gosh, she's so strong. Like, oh, she's so strong. <laughs> Have you thinking like, wait, should I be feeling a type of way? <laughs> as in, as in. So like, so like you actually would get that. Ha, you're saying, you're saying. I think at the end of the day, like everybody literally like has their person and they're going to find them in their due time. And literally it, nowhere was ever written that like, oh, it's going to go in chronological, in order of who was born first or who was born last. <laughs> so like, I don't even like, let I try not to let that even get to me, but it's for, it's just frustrating sometimes. I'm just like, okay, like I understand, I get it. Like pray for me silently. Like, <laughs> so ha. Nigerian aunties won't pray for you silently. They would pray for you to your face and like they are praying for you and asking you. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, but like but like please give us tips in case we want to jump out and move to the UK. How do we like filter the good, the bad, you know? Like when it comes to men. <laughs> I don't know who told you I was relationship expert? <laughs> <laughs> Most experienced. <laughs> Um, I think mm, the good and how to filter out. To be honest, I think aside from everything, aside from you know where you brought, where you where you grew up, what your family's tribe was, anything. Aside from that, I think the main thing that will kind of keep you on track is just to like focus on core values. I'd say I think core values are the only things that like can really like get you through the thick and the thin. So like you know maybe like religion or like your family orientation like what you want and stuff things that like literally are unchangeable thing um well rather than focusing on like i guess the short-term things i'd say but i also think that's universal i think wherever you are these things are the same i the only difference being here is that there's just less options if you're looking for a nigerian say house man for example <laughs> because honestly there is I, it's just a numbers thing it's just because there is less people here that's why people say it's so hard I don't necessarily think like oh they come here and then they just they act a different way I think there's just not that many and a lot you know like a lot of people will come here and then they'll go back to Nigeria and they'll get married and then they'll come back here and I think that's something that I definitely noticed like I know a lot of people that I grew up with that have married people from Nigeria so obviously if there's not if there's really not a lot of us here and the people that marry people from Nigeria, does that not leave even less of us? <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a numbers game. Yeah, I guess men are just the same everywhere. Like, if I'm being realistic. It's true, honestly. They actually are the same <laughs> Okay, okay. So, um, um, the reason why I'm asked, I'm, like, I chose this, like, whole identity crisis thing is because, like, recently after you had your, um, sip and paints, by the way, like, I love how that went. It was, like, such a success from, like, just seeing it on the gram. I'm so proud of you. Congrats on that. <laughs> yes, please. Yes. Because I need, like, the goodie bags you gave everyone to go home with. <laughs> to go home. That's what I want. <laughs> like, you went all out. Listen, I don't play with my goodie bags. When my event comes, yeah, just make sure everyone gets their tickets quick. <laughs> like, like, I just know I would book my ticket as fast as possible. Please, you should consider doing it for us in Nigeria. And if you're listening to this, if you like snooze, <laughs> it's actually it's on my plan to to do a class in Nigeria, inshallah, very soon. So. Inshallah, inshallah. So, like, you spoke about like identity crisis. And I'm like, oh my God, I didn't really, I just saw the post and I just 
like okay hey, yeah sorry z maybe you come and tell us about it another time but then i when i was about to start this podcast i started feeling it <laughs> and i'm like oh my god <laughs> this is this is something that so many people deal with and you know sometimes you don't really realize it till it happens to you and you're going through the same thing and then you just start feeling like oh my god there's this imposter syndrome like oh am i even you know am i like i'm just questioning everything you know feeling insecure and i don't know maybe it's something you still struggle with but like have you ever like struggled with you know the whole um questioning your value feeling insecure lost you know just the whole anxiety that comes with maybe starting something new or just you know in general like have do you think like like what what causes it you know and like how do we deal with these things i don't know i feel like everybody's on their own journey we're all trying to figure it out and then sometimes you just have to like force yourself to do some things but then like if I, like how do you even you know like take the voices out of your head you know and just <laughs> just please tell me maybe tell us <laughs> i mean i don't have all the answers but what i will say is that obviously like anybody can experience imposter syndrome whatever like job you're working in whatever occupation you are but something that i realized a lot is that you know like if your job is for example like a digital creator right? like for yourself content creator and you don't have someone that's going to maybe give you promotions or someone to like pat you on the back when you've done a good job or you don't get like instant gratification from everything i think sometimes and i'm not like a psychologist so i don't know but this is something that i have like observed I think when you're in that kind of a field, I think you're more like prone to being to getting imposter imposter syndrome, because I think like if you look at it this way, like if I'm sure like you can imagine somebody maybe that you know on Instagram right now that maybe doesn't have that many followers, but you know just from the outside looking in, they have amazing quality content. Like their content is so good, and they're gonna probably blow up one day. But it's just that you know you know the way the algorithm works; it hasn't got around to their their part of instagram yet but eventually like they will blow up but you can't tell them that because for them it hasn't happened yet but like it's because you're in that situation and i think like so many times you see people who are like doing so great but because of just the way that like this whole industry is set up you don't always get the flowers when you like i guess deserve it and i think that god <laughs> oh my god like sometimes i'm like am i even doing enough or should i just drop this no don't like... drop it keep going i'm being serious like <laughs> like honestly and i think like i own, i'm not i'm not i'm not saying that from a position of i've overcome it i literally go through this all the time but what i always try and do is to also stop and think like why am i feeling like this like this can't be like i don't i hate feeling the same thing over and over and i'm thinking okay how do i like stop myself feeling this bad you know um and i'd say like there was a time this is like a couple of years ago when i was i was genuinely fighting i was ready i was i had a date that i was going to delete my instagram like i had decided i am done with this this is not good back to back anxiety stressing about likes and comments messaging everyone that i know please share this post for me <laughs> like fighting with everybody on stories like why are you guys not sharing my post and i was like no no i don't like this like i don't like the energy that i'm like putting in right now and just not get anything out of it i was gonna delete it i was so dead dead set on it and i remember like i was telling my friends at the time i was like i just don't feel like the amount of energy that i'm putting in i'm getting anything out of it 
right now. And I didn't like that feeling of like constant failure because even though nobody was saying to me, you have failed, I just looked at the outcome as like, you're so crap. Like you don't even know what you're doing. If you were good enough, you would be on like this amount of followers. And you know, you set yourself these, not always unrealistic, but they just, they're not based on anything because like we all know this, the way these social media platforms work, you can wake up one day and blow. And then, <laughs> and then, you know, it's very, it's not linear. Like, it's not like a very easy, it's not easy to be like, you couldn't give somebody a book and say, do this, 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 and this. And that is how you will do amazing with social media. It's impossible. Um, but then literally, I'm not even joking, about a week to the date that I was gonna delete my Instagram, I literally got offered the biggest ever like campaign that I've ever done to this day, even to, to, till today, I've never had anything that big. And I just remember thinking in that moment, I was like, um, like it was it was a weird combination of feelings because I was excited then I was also guilty I was like oh my god look at me I already gave up oh my god I don't even deserve to be a content creator because I was really about to give up like you know the way your brain can attack itself <laughs> and like it was such a weird like time but I, I decided to just like I obviously I was like okay let me not delete Instagram let me go ahead with this and I'm so glad I did because I feel like from that point on when I hit rock bottom when I was about to literally like get off all socials and that happened, then I was like, okay, I need to like kind of do, I need to try and do this in a way where I don't feel like I'm a failure completely just because my like work isn't necessarily where I want it to be. Like I need to have goals and stuff. And I like to, right now I like to focus more on like the growth than like setting myself like massive milestones and then being like, oh, I haven't done that, so I failed. Whereas if I'm constantly steadily growing, that's that's good for me that's success for me if obviously like I, every day I wake up and I'm declining everything's going down then I gotta think like okay like what can I do better what can I change and try and look at it more like I don't know it's really complicated to explain but I think like when you're a creator you're t you tend to be like a creative person and I think the way our brains work sometimes we're just a bit like let's just put everything into it and just see how it goes but it's that's not healthy long term I think long you literally have to kind of do it in a formula does that make sense what i'm saying <laughs> yes it makes so much sense i can't even begin to explain how much sense it makes because i understand especially because i also create content so i understand it's it can be so draining oh, oh my god like sometimes i maybe i'll just not post for like a while because i don't want to kill my i can't come and kill myself and then i just see my um my impressions is just going down like it goes like i think in the past like months i went from like having 100k visits to my page to like having like 40 something k and whenever you see those numbers going down you just start having so much pressure on yourself oh my god even if you're not in the mental state to like post or something you just want to do something and sometimes it's just so stressful like i think like what you said we just put some very unrealistic goals for ourselves and i also have this thing that i just look at like creators that okay maybe we started together or we're doing this thing together we're doing almost the same thing and i just see that they are making so much progress and i'm not and i just want to beat myself up i'm like oh my god what am i not doing right is it in fact recently yeah my friends came to the um understanding that maybe it's because i'm not married and people like content of married people <laughs> girl no we did not we're not gonna entertain that yeah mindset, oh yeah okay? so i i honestly i have entertained the mindset for a very long time but i'm like oh my god there are so many people that are doing so well on like social media and they are not married 
so like why am i even thinking this way so i guess sometimes you just feel insecure and you just question every single thing but like what you said just makes so much sense i think i should just focus more on my growth now and anyone that's just listening to this she just mainly just we should just mainly focus on our growth now instead of setting like impossible milestones you know at the end of the day like if if this is your work like you have to enjoy it like I think we're quite lucky if you if you if you end up going into content creating and like you you know you can you can make this your work like I think the fact that it's something that like you enjoy to do don't don't get rid of the that core thing because that's that's one of the main reasons I do what I do and if I ever get to a point where I'm like oh my god this is so hard like it's it's proper like I I mean then why don't I may as well go and just do a job that I don't like that I'm gonna get a salary every month yeah exactly but you know okay so i actually have like a job that i do you know but i don't hate it so yeah that's good for me but i sometimes i feel like okay i want to do um, content creation 247 but then what happens when i don't feel like creating what happens when my you know like my mental health is not there i'm really not in the right like space to create so i'm not going to be broke what does that mean <laughs> you know do you do when you um are just not in the right space to create and then this is just your full-time job like content creation is your full-time job and you're not you're not ready to create at this point in time what do you do i think there's like a level of discipline because okay so first of all like with content creation i'd say it's quite seasonal anyway i don't think it's not every single month that you're going to be making loads and lots of money do you know what i mean like it's going to be maybe around exactly. like certain <laughs> around like certain holidays you know there'll be like campaigns around this or like um around certain times there'll be there'll be high points basically but like i think the thing that for me keeps me here because i do i will not let me not lie sometimes i sit there and i think wow should i just go and apply for jobs because (laughs) i'm tired (laughs) but the thing that kind of keeps me on it is number one obviously i love what i do and then number two is that the highs if, if you put in your effort and you're consistent like very consistent i think the highs balance out the times like definitely like there are there is a million of higher levels above where i'm at now like i'm not trying to say i've made it i have not made it (laughs) like i have i also have like you know more growth that i want to do but i feel like um i'm at a point where like i think if i work consistently enough and like you know i get like the big deals that keep me comfortable and the times when like you know there isn't work literally i that's just you know (laughs) there isn't work but the times when there is work and i don't have the energy to work i have to make that decision if i don't do this it's literally only going to affect me and that's the that's the beauty and also the curse of working for yourself is that no if you have a boss that is literally like breathing down your neck and is telling you the deadline is today no matter how bad you're feeling you're gonna do it whereas when it's yourself you have to actually tell yourself like this is gonna like what you have to what you have to do is you have to think about your future self. Think of yourself now and your future self. And you might not feel great in the moment, but your future self will thank you for doing something in that moment. And that's what I try and like tell myself in times when like I just maybe don't want to do something, but then I have something ahead of me and like work is work, whether it's self-employed or <laughs> someone else um, telling you to do it. Um, but yeah, I'd say it's that. Like when it comes to like um, content creation, like, you know, um i just want you to like round up with this like when it comes to working with these brands you know um would you suggest like we reach out to them and like also like for like small creators like what advice do you have for them 
Um, I definitely, I always advise to reach out to brands because one thing that I think people like, it's the fact that first of all, obviously content creating is a new job, right? It's a new occupation, relatively new. So there were like a lot of rules that are like people impose, but they're not actual rules. Like we've just made it up because we're like kind of making it up as we go along. And one of the things that I definitely always tell people, like I try to debunk it is like, don't feel like you just have to wait for brands to come to you because there is literally like millions of content creators in the world and there's less brands than there is content creators and like each of these brands have like whole teams that are dedicated to finding creators do you not think they're going to appreciate you if you make their job a little bit easier and reach out to them that's not to say that like just because you reach out, you're going to get it. They might have a brief, they might have a specific time they're looking for something, they might have, you know, like a limit. There's there's other reasons why they might not go for it. But like, in my experience, from reaching out like persistently, it has got me things. That's, girl, that's how I got all my goodie bags. Do you think I literally, <laughs> when it comes to my masterclass times, I literally reach out to all the brands and I'm literally like, I pitch it to them. Because sometimes like, you have to pitch the idea. You are also... A creative entity coming to them so it's not just like hey I can create something cool what do you want me to do you can approach them and be like I have this idea you can approach them with a whole pitch and a whole idea and like I've seen that happen before and it definitely works um I think obviously there is like etiquette like ways you do it like obviously don't send somebody like 500 emails <laughs> back to back keep it professional but I always 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 um, urge people like reach out like send them a dm they literally like these brands check their dms so just send them a dm and like maybe even send them a dm and just be like hey i have a certain proposal can you send me an, a business email that i can contact that works a lot of the time even if the thing you're pitching at that moment doesn't necessarily go through you have their email now like when you have their email you're in <laughs> that means anything you need you can just email them and eventually like it will something good will come from it but then also at the same time simultaneously as you're doing that work on creating the best content that you can on your page because that's your shop front so when they like decide to be like okay so who is this person let me check them out make sure that when they go on your page like you have something that like <clears throat> you're proud to like represent and that's going to make them be like actually yeah we want to work with her because i'm telling you like a lot of these brands probably just haven't seen your page yet it's not that they've seen you and they thought i don't want to work with you there's a lot of creators out there as you and i both know so that's my advice just take the leap of faith and reach out <laughs> Thank you so, so much. Thank you. Honestly, I feel like so many people get to benefit from this episode, like myself included. Just listening to you, I've learned a lot. I really, really enjoyed this episode. And I, I just want to keep telling you, thank you so, so much for taking out the time. Like, it's Ramadan. Everyone it's like everyone is busy doing Ibadah and stuff. And therefore, it's just take out the time to talk to me, like, almost an hour. It means so much to me. Oh, I had the so, best time, honestly. Uh, I've enjoyed our little talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm so happy. And also, like, um, so many people who listen to this and obviously they know you, but there are just people that maybe they'll just be listening to this for the first time and just coming across you, um, Zainab, for the first time. So how can we reach you, please? You can check me out on Instagram, on um, TikTok and I want Twitter, but I don't really tweet. But it's all the same. It's Zainab Hassan XO, Zainab with an I. Um, yeah, that's my handle on everything, basically. So yeah, check it out. Or you can check out my website, which is www.zainabhassanxo.com. 
okay thank you so so much i'd also like put it in so that you can just click on it and go directly to your page thank you so much Zainab, for honoring this invitation <laughs> thanks so much girls <laughs>